Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Opposites React. It is June 2nd, 2021. It is episode 71. I am Sarah and I am here with Tyler. How are you? <laughs> Sore. <laughs> oh yes, well, sorry arm for a couple of days. Just the arm, yeah. It'll get better. Um, yeah, no, no, I'm good though. I am <laughs> doing good. Had a good weekend. Got to watch some cool stuff last week. Which you will... We'll talk about Ela- in a minute. Elaborate on, yeah. I'll let you start. What yeah. did I do? Sure. What did you do? Um, I did two things. I beat two things. You beat two things? Yeah. Oh, okay. I know what one of them is. What's well, one? you're going to say I didn't really beat it because I <laughs> cheesed my way through it. Yeah. But um, for the Roll the Level stream, I beat Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy Kong's Quest. Yes, I saw you beat it last night. Yes, so. as you were in the chat yelling at me to duck under things. Well, you, you don't follow <laughs> patterns very well. No, I am terrible. I know that's why I can't do fighting games. I, I can't remember <laughs> patterns. I'm very bad and I know that. All right. Um, it was a childhood game that I adored. It still has amazing music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still love watching the speed runs. It didn't help me at all in this circumstance. But um, yes, very awesome. Uh, as most people should know who had a Super Nintendo. Uh, I also played another game, which probably not many have heard of, called Yonder Dreamcatcher Chronicles. I kind of started it on Friday night and then ended it Saturday night. <laughs> so it was short, uh, but Lucas helped me play it. But it's a game where exploration is key. There is zero combat. You're literally just mm. going around the earth trying to figure out its um, story or your story uh, with the place. Um, and you just have to collect things to move the story along. And it does have farming. I totally skipped it. It has animal catching. Totally skipped it. Um, they didn't really interest me when they had the tutorial. So I just kept on going. And uh, I still had fun. It was still good. I don't know if I'll go back and do all the rest of it. But I did enjoy my like eight or so hours with it. Um, I don't know. I just scratched that like simulation game itch. So now I got to go back to other stuff. But yeah, it was a good productive week for me. Now tell me about you. <laughs> all right well i know we usually said the quarter was three movies a week i tried to get to the third this week i just had other things going on at night so i didn't get around to watching the third one like i wanted to i will be watching it this week along with something else this weekend but uh, anyway so the two movies i did watch last week were both really really good and uh i i watched i went into both with pretty much no expectations well maybe low expectations for the one movie because i at least heard of that one and, and I mean, I'd, I'd seen trailers of both mm. these movies. It's very rare that I don't watch a movie without at least seeing a trailer first. Or reading the whole Wikipedia article. I don't always do that. <laughs> but anyways, so in this case, these two movies, I was aware of them. I mean, they, um, uh, they well, the one for sure probably would have been out in theaters around here if theaters oh. were a thing. But since they're not, I had to rent it off the Cineplex store. Mm-hmm. So that was one of those $20 rentals. Okay. Because it was a new, because it was a new release for May. And um, anyway, so before I get into the other movie, so yeah, the, the first movie I watched, it's a it's a Guy Ritchie film. Oh, uh, for those who don't know, you've probably heard the name before. If you like, in more recent years, I mean, he's he's known. He started out in the late nineties, early two thousands, doing a lot of like British gangster films, mm. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch. Um, there's another one he did, I thought, but I can't remember the name right now. Uh, but in more recent memory, he's he's had, he's had a good run of like. I don't know. I guess we're calling more like Americanized movies lately. He still uses mostly British casts. Okay. But the movies feel like, you know, there's less British slang. They usually take place in the States. So you have that. There's no boots. <laughs> yeah. Um, so his last few films, like he did, um, he did uh, King Arthur, 
Uh, mm. I think it was something like Kingdom Legend of the Sword or something. I don't know what the hell the full title was. <laughs> it was not. It was not bad. It was a pretty good like sci-fi fantasy movie. Uh, the Gentleman a couple yeah. years ago. That was really good. I really like that one with uh, Hugh Grant and Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. and Charlie Hunnam. Um, and this one uh, that just came out is it's called Ra- uh, Wrath of Man. From what I understand, it's actually a remake of a French film. Um, so the plot is pretty much the same. They mm-hmm. probably changed a few details around. But for the most part, it's, it's yeah, just a remake of a French movie. I think it was called Cash Truck. So the movie essentially is about like armored trucks getting robbed. That's oh. the main... Yeah, so the title makes sense. So they called it... They changed it to Wrath of Man, which sounds like a generic American title. Yes. That's probably what the studio wanted. But anyways, so it stars Jason Statham oh. in the main role. Most people probably know what I'm talking about by now. If you don't know, like, you know, the Transporter films... Uh, I mean, it's recently Satan's been in like the Fast and Furious movies, the last oh. few Hobbs and Shaw, that kind of thing. Oh, um, everybody's favorite. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, he, he's he's got to be getting up there now. He's probably in his early fifties, I would That's think. What I would Late forties, early fifties. But anyways, um, I mean, obviously, guy's still in great shape. He does action roles for. Oh, he's in the Expendables movies. That's what I was trying uh. to remember to the Expendable movies. But um, anyway, he's the main character in this film. Um, his character for most of the movie, they just refer to him as H. His last name, apparently his name at the beginning of the movie is Patrick Hill. Now, that sounds like a fake name, obviously, to anybody who would see a Statham character. That sounds too good to be true. <laughs> in reality, you find out later on in the movie. Like, I really like the... And I was watching this movie with, actually, your dad. Oh. We both enjoyed it. Um, but he was when he when he got to his part of the movie, he could tell I was really enjoying it. And he says, you really like these types of, of stories, don't you? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, the ones where they jump around timelines. I'm like, oh. yeah, I like nonlinear narratives. Okay. I like, I like when they... But I like when they're done well. And this one was done well. For example, if... if <gasps> like GTA Five. Sure. I'm not sure where you're going with that example, but... Well, you jump around three different people at three different times. That's not exactly what I mean. Okay, let's, let's assume all three people were on one mission and they all intersect. That's what I'm t- t- kind of okay. talking about, okay. that kind of stuff. So, for example, like the movie starts out with a really cool scene where it's literally, literally probably like a three or four minute single take where it just shows these two armored uh, two armored guards driving the truck, like from picking up uh, cash delivery or something, or, you know, whatever the Brinks trucks do, driving around picking up money from banks and mm-hmm. other uh, establishments. And so... The, the you know, the, the truck that these two guys are driving um, gets stopped by the construction crew. And the next thing you know, like another truck blocks them in from behind. And you hear mm. someone like kind of like using a, uh, what do you call it, like a blowtorch. You get into one oh, of the yeah. p- panels in the in the door and yeah. then throw a flash grenade in and everything. So but the sequence, the, the whole time the camera stays inside the truck when everything's happening. So even when like the guards are getting pulled out of the truck, you can kind of see what's going on through the front of the windshows. They prop the guards up against this other truck while they're robbing the back of this truck. Oh. And then all of a sudden like a gunshot goes off. You're not sure what happened. And all of a sudden you see the two guards get killed and everybody, all, all the other people on this job are like, what's going on? What the hell happened? Mm. And, then, and then, you know, it's like, oh, someone else, uh, you, from what you can tell like from everybody yelling is that like some, some somebody else not related to the heist got, got involved and they got oh. shot. So there's a whole lot going on being in this movie. So then, Oh, it's really really cool title sequence, like really cool title card. Felt very old school, like nineties. Okay. Um, like most movies nowadays don't actually bother with like opening credits. Right. You know, like we have the actor's name and the the you know, like Spider Man. Yeah, production designer and all that stuff. But so um, eventually, it's, I'm not going to detail the whole plot. But basically, what happens is uh, you you find out very early on in the film, like Statham's character, who like I said, they call him H throughout the film. Right. So H gets a job at at the armored truck company at the beginning of this film, and you know they tell him like, oh, we just had a bad situation a couple months ago. A couple, a couple of our guards got shot on the job, yada yada, and and he's like, yeah, I'm aware. That, you know, he's he he has a background from some other security company, which is uh, which has all been forged. You find out later on because what in reality, what Statham's character is actually a mob boss. He's the head of a mob family. Oh jeez. And what happened was on that heist that Are went you wrong. The whole plot. What? I'll, I'll, put, I'll say spoilers now for those that want to watch. You can skip ahead Well, you're ahead way here. late now. Why? 
Well, the mob boss thing is a mob boss. It happens thirty minutes into the film. It's not a huge reveal Mm -hmm. or anything. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna go into details, but so like, fine. I won't go into full spoilers. Let's just let's just say Statham's character was there during the heist. Where Uh, how how he was involved, I'm not gonna say, but he was there. So. What I like is like the movie does jump around timeline wise. Like the, the movie opens with the heist, and then it'll say like you know, t- two months later, and later on in the movie it might say four months ago. You know what I mean? So you're okay. you're hopping back and forth throughout the timeline. But the reason you're doing that is you're seeing the different perspective because at some point you're seeing well, obviously the being of the you see the heist from three different perspectives. You see it from the the guards heist, the guards get killed being in the movie. You see it from the perspective of the um the. Uh, the civilians, the third parties that were involved that, that witnessed what happened with the mm-hmm. heist. And then you you see it from actually the, the hijacker's perspective, from the uh, attacker's perspective. Oh. Robbers, I should say. Because later on in the film, it's revealed that the robbers, they're a very well-coordinated group of uh, fo- so. former military soldiers. Oh, You can tell, like, they're all, because, you know, they, they refer to the one character as Sarge, and Sarge always tells mm-hmm. them how the plan's going to work and everything, and they, like, they all follow orders. So it's all heavily implied that they were, like, obviously some, some sort of a military unit. unit. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like I said, there it's one of those narratives where like there's a little bit of commentary about how like you know when soldiers get back from the war they don't really have a job, yeah. so they resort to doing what they know how to do best, which mm-hmm. in those cases you know they they want to pull off these heists without, without killing anybody. And the problem at the beginning of the film, why one of the why the guards got killed is because one of their one of the people on their team is sort of like a young hotshot guy, and he went uh... a little off script and and uh, killed the two guards. Even though their their whole thing is like not to kill anybody during these right. heists, they want to do it cleanly. So anyway, I mean. Compared to most other Guy Ritchie films, it doesn't have his sort of signature editing flair. It's not a lot of... It's a very restrained movie for him, um, which can be good or bad, depending on what your expectations are for his kind of films. But um, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, I think the action scenes are really strong. There's not a lot of them, but the second half of the movie especially is it's pretty intense, and I, I love the... Um, I love the ending. I'm not gonna spoil the ending, but uh, I think it's it's a really strong film. It's I don't know probably I think it's right around the two hour mark. It didn't I never it never felt overly long. Never wore its welcome with me. I like the narrative structure. It uses like chapters. It uses like chapter titles, which is kind yeah. of interesting. And and you'll when you see them the first couple of times, you'll think that's kind of weird. But then obviously the chapter title is directly referenced by a character in that like let's say 20 minute sequence of film. So it's kind of a cool way to tie together the, all the different uh, parties that are involved in in the movie. Um, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a movie that I hadn't heard a lot of hype about. Um, I had low expectations going in. I mean, you know, I'm always down for an action film with Jason Statham, and I like Guy Ritchie films, so I figured what can go wrong. And I actually think it's right now is probably in my top 10 films of the year. Nice. So, uh, yeah, go check it out if you want on the Cineplex store, or if you want to wait it out if you want to pay the 20 bucks. I'm sure it'll be on Netflix or Amazon in the next four or five months, something like that. So, yeah. Um, second film I watched probably couldn't be more different <laughs> because, uh, well, number one... Yeah, and I, I probably never talked about this before on here. Like, I don't watch a lot of foreign language films like where, that are fully subtitled. Um, I, I enjoy them. I have no problem with subtitles. It's just that I don't, you know, um, I don't, don't go, go looking for them. Yeah, I don't go out of my way for those kind of films. But in this case, this was another one that I saw pop up on the Cineplex store. I rented this a day or two after I saw the, the last one we just talked about, Wrath of Man. Um, so I saw it because I, I had heard about this one before. I seen a trailer for it. Um, I knew going in obviously that it was a, it's it's a Danish film. So, um, you know, it's all subtitled. So it's called, um, I mean, I guess the English translation for it would be, it's called Riders of Justice. If you want to look for it on a Cineplex store, or even look up a trailer for it. Uh, it stars Mad, Mads Mikkelsen, who is a, a Danish actor. And he's, he's been a lot of also, like, English speak. He speaks English as well, too. Like, he, he speaks English fluently. You know, he was in Casino Royale. He was the bad guy on The Sheaf. He was in, um, he's been a bunch of stuff recently. I mean, he was a villain in Doctor Strange, you know, one of the Marvel films. Um, but he also has a lot of, of foreign films as well. A lot of really good ones. One's called The Hunt. 
Uh, another one he, I, I, he did that's really good that I want to watch uh, came out a couple years ago, I think. It was called An- Another Round. But him and a group of his friends were like alcoholics. <laughs> but um, anyways, this one, though, is very different. So Riders of Justice, essentially, Mickelson is the main character. His, his character's name is Marcus. He's a soldier. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the basic gist of the movie, you know, I mean, I guess minor spoilers here. This happens in the first 10 minutes of the film. But the, the huge, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What propels the plot in this case is that there's a, an accident at the beginning of the film, a train accident involving um, Marcus, Marcus's wife and daughter. <clears throat> They're on like a subway train in, um, and they never specify where exactly it is. Um, like where there's no like, you know, what do you call it? There's no um, city titles or captions like we're showing where this takes place, but it's, it's obviously, maybe they, maybe later on they do specify that it does take place in Denmark. So <laughs> I'm trying to remember now, there's a lot of characters, but um, basically, yeah, there's a train accident. His, uh, his wife is killed in the train accident. His daughter is fine. His daughter's teenager. I don't know, maybe like like late teens. <clears throat> so Marcus gets, comes back from from his from his unit. You know, he, uh, where he was deployed, and he obviously you know attends to the funeral. And he, you can tell at the beginning of the film, he has sort of a contentious relationship with his daughter already, even before this happened. And now it's like they're sort of trying to deal with the grief of their their mom or wife being dead. So um, <clears throat> essentially what happens though too is that there was a, there was another gentleman on the same train who survived the accident. And he, um, the movie at the beginning shows him to be um, a scientist, like, uh, an analyst, I guess. He's very into like numbers and equations. He, he believes that everything happens for a reason. Oh. He, he was actually trying to pitch at the beginning of the, the movie, him and his colleague were trying to pitch an idea to a company, an algorithm that could predict future events and how to like capitalize on that financially. And that they, they, you know, the company thought they were both kind of crazy because mm-hmm. how do you predict, no matter what <clears throat> numbers or equations you want to use, you know, things stop by chance. So anyway, this guy, I think his name was Otto in the film. So Otto is also on the same train. So he tracks down Marcus because as he's reading, as he's watching news reports and and other things that are going on, like a lot of the beginning of the movie, a, a trope that I find very annoying in movies, but I get why some filmmakers do it, is a lot of the <clears throat> information is presented through TV and you know news telecasts. Yes, like someone would be sitting like the like Otto literally after he gets out of the hospital from surviving the train accident, he's sitting at home watching the news and they're talking about the accident. All of a sudden, they mention like, oh, one of the other people that was killed in the train accident was you know going to testify against this biker gang. So then Otto in his head starts thinking, well, maybe this was planned. Maybe yeah. they took this guy out. And as you know, other people were, were collateral damage yeah. on the train, right? So Otto tracks down Marcus, the father, and, and he basically tells him his conspiracy theory about why he thinks that the gang, the biker gang was involved in this case and why his wife was killed as a result. That's not going to make him happy. <clears throat> right. So, I mean, of course, so Marcus sort of, be- he's a little skeptical, but he kind of, be- he wants to believe him. Obviously, he wants to get, you know, revenge for justice for his wife. So... So essentially, it turns into a little. There's a team of four. There's there's Marcus. There's Otto. Otto has a friend who's also one of his analyst friends who believes in all these equations and sequences. I think his name's Leonard. And then they they contract this other guy who's like their tech expert. Uh, I think his name was and it's it's a it's probably a, a, a Dutch name, so I'm gonna probably butcher it. Emin Emin Haller or something. I can't remember how they pronounce it, but. Um, they go to this one guy and they, they, I guess this guy can hack anything, of course, you know, and he's like, he's like, oh, I have like facial recognition software. So they track down, they look at surveillance of people that got on and off the train and they're trying mm. to find, because the, the other guy, Otto, who was on the train, he noticed someone suspicious leaving the train just before the accident happened. Oh. And so they, they try and use facial recognition on that guy and they find a match. <clears throat> Excuse me. They or they find you know, it's like, it's like 95% match according to the system. So they're pretty sure it's this guy. So of course they get this information to Marcus <clears throat> all their surveillance and other information. So from there, the movie turns into sort of a um, 
don't know. If you look it up on Wikipedia, they, it's actually described as like a black comedy drama film. Really? There are some comedic aspects to it, but that's not... I mean, earlier in the film, when you're starting to get to know the characters, and a couple of them are kind of quirky. <clears throat> like, the writing is really strong. I'll say that. Um, the characters... I, I'd recognize... Obviously, I mean, obviously, I know who Mads Mikkelsen was. I recognize one of the other actors in the film, too. But other than that, I, most of the cast for me was unknown. But I thought they were all fantastic. Um, and the movie is is really well-paced. Um, there's a little, there's enough action in there to keep action people satisfied, especially towards the end of the film, last third. <clears throat> but um, it's, um, it's just a really well-written film, and there's a lot of good character development. You really get to know all these characters. And, that, I mean, outside of those four, there's other characters that get involved in this plot, too. I'm not going to mention everybody, but all the characters are very well-developed, and they all have their own unique backstories. And uh, it's, it's actually really sad and touching at some points. I really enjoy the movie a lot. Um, it's, you know, probably just under two hours, which is sort of the norm. You know, I, I never felt there was any pacing issues. Um I would definitely recommend it as a watch if you don't have a problem with subtitles, if, if you're okay with that. I mean, you know, some people say they don't like subtitle films because it's, I don't know, if you're reading the whole time, you don't really get to notice the the characters as well, like the emotions and the facial stuff that's going on. But I don't I don't find that to be a problem for me. I can track you that stuff pretty fast. easily. Right. So that's why I have no problem with subtitled foreign films. But I understand if some people have that complaint. But um, yeah, so anyways, the last time it was called Riders of Justice. And you can actually rent it now. Like I said, the other one I watched, which was like a premium film for $20, mm. the Jason Statham one. This one, although I think this one just came out this year or late last year uh, as a new release. It's on the Cineplex store right now for like five bucks. So oh. definitely worth it for that price, I would say. Go check out either of those films. And I don't think you'll be disappointed. They're both very good. Very different, though. <laughs> so um, yeah. That's all I got to say on those two. Um, kind of teased last week that we didn't get into the main topic because we got busy <laughs> talking about other stuff. So I and you didn't get my. I gave you another shot. Of the hint you didn't get I my know, hint I about. I did not. No we're idea. We're gonna do a little character. Yeah, a little sort of character biography here about a <clears throat> one of my favorite actors, um, or at least for the last couple of decades, one of my favorite actors. He's got a longer career than that, but um, and I gave you a hint that he was an Irishman. <laughs> um, and you made a couple of guesses, but you were wrong. I actually only one of them was Irish, <laughs> right? One of them was Scottish, right? Yeah. Um, I proposed the same question to one of our other listeners, and he guessed it right away. So, oh, well, I'm just <laughs> but garbage at this game. Well, I'll put it this way I got my I bring up my notes here. One second, all right. So, in this case, our the actor we have here, he is currently 68 years old. He was, he holds, he holds, I'm giving you a bit of background here yep. before I give you the, the name. <clears throat> he holds Irish, British, and American citizenship. He was raised Catholic, and he was actually, his full name, full legal name is William John Neeson. Oh. But he was named Liam after the local priest in their town. Really? So, yeah, so Liam Neeson is not his actual he's birth Irish? name. Yeah, he's Irish? Oh, no bloody clue. <laughs> really? His, um, so Liam Neeson's... His first uh, film role was actually in 1981, in a film called Excalibur. He did a bunch of other movies in the 80s. He became sort of more popular in the 90s. And I, but I would say like he really hit his stride in the last 10 to 15 years. Yeah. In terms well, of like, sadly, it was kind of hmm. after his wife passed. I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But um, a little bit more background on him first. So anyways, he, he's six foot four. So he's... And when you see him on screen, you can probably tell he's pretty tall. Yeah. Like, obviously, if you put him next to, like, Tom Cruise, something you'd be able to tell. But <laughs> I understand, like, even in general, <laughs> he, he just... He looks pretty tall. Um, he was known for many, many years as a heavy smoker. Oh. Uh, he actually did quit in 2003, though. Um, he actually... I didn't know this. It's kind of cool. But he auditioned for James Bond in the... Um, oh. in Back in the 90s for Goldeneye. Really? Yeah, so obviously Pierce Brosnan got the huh. role, which I'm fine with. I yeah, love Pierce, Pierce Brosnan. But I wouldn't but, have been yeah, sad about Liam Maybe it would have been an interesting Eventually, choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, 
and you know, so you probably know this. Like he, he was in one of his most more prominent American roles. Like he was in Star Wars Episode One. I had no Phantom idea. Menace. Was he? Yeah, he's quite. I'm gonna pronounce this wrong. Quite, quite gone. Quite. Do you know gone. how much I know about Star Wars? All I know is from Lego Star Wars. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, he was he was in Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, with you know Ian McGregor and oh Yui and Natalie uh, Natalie Portman. Yep. Anyways, people. But interestingly, here I was reading just some, reading about some trivia about Liam Neeson. It says he he wanted to be in Star Wars so badly he didn't even bother reading the script. Uh. Like George Lucas said, "I want you to be in this." He's like, "I'm I'm done. I'm in. I don't care." Oh like, wow! And I mean, the movie he was good in the movie, but it's just kind of funny that he would that he just yeah he either I don't know if it was because of his kids or just because he loved Star Wars himself as, mm. as a younger person, but he really wanted to be in it so bad. Um, he he has two sons, um, which I believe are both like late teens early 20s by now uh but yeah so as you mentioned earlier his wife who's also an actress natasha richardson uh she died in 2009 uh after suffering a head injury while skiing yeah um so so that obviously changed his his outlook on acting for a while after that he he started to he was mostly known as a drama like dramatic actor Mm. for most of his of his career he has some good comedy chops too he doesn't he doesn't do a lot of comedies but a few times he does do some comedy he pulls it off pretty well i think because um, he can be so straight-faced yeah exactly right off, his, his yeah. delivery is just amazing yeah. but um anyways in the last 10 to 15 years and you can probably make the correlation to it sort of something triggering maybe once his wife died he took on a lot more action roles and he, he actually had said in a previous interview i didn't couldn't find the exact article but i know i'd seen an interview from years ago where he said that he would do them just to, to take his mind off things yeah you know, it's easy to just fall into because he's obviously a good actor. And when he falls into these action roles, you know, he can maybe kind of it's a little therapeutic for him, yeah. cathartic to just take out some of his frustration. And such if he's not a well, he's not a it wasn't a smoker anymore. He did admit to like drinking heavily after she had died, right. but he he quickly got off of that as well. So we well, have two kids to raise, you right? Get back on there. Um, so I, I made a short list here of like some of his more prominent movie roles in the last thirty years. That's a little more than thirty years now, actually, but um. Uh, for me, a few of the standout, like he was, was really, I mean, the only time he was ever actually nominated for an Oscar was back in 1993 for Schindler's List. Oh. The Steven Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was great in that. Um, like I said, obviously, Star Wars episode one was a, a prominent role for him to get some more exposure to a mm. North American audience. Um, big one for me, but Batman Begins. Oh, of course. 2005. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ra's al Ghul. He's so yeah. good in that movie. That's still, is that your favorite Batman still? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then the one, this is the one that really like sort of launched his action career. In 2008, he did Taken. Of course, yeah. Yes, and everybody, everybody knows the iconic line when he's on the phone with the, you know, the line I'm talking about. He's on the phone with his daughter's kidnapper. It's always asked. I can never get it right. No. Well, he's just like, uh, you know, he, he he's probably he's, he's probably been asked so many times by people over his over the last 10, 15 years yeah. to say the line, right? Like say the line, and you know, like he, you know, he's he's threatening the guy over the phone. He's yeah. like, uh, you know. If I come for you, I will find you, and I will kill you. And the guy on the phone just says, good luck. <laughs> and the whole movie goes from there. So, yeah. And now, unfortunately, they did make three of those Taken movies. Yeah. Only the first one was really good. The second one was okay. The third was terrible. Yeah. Um, but the first one was sort of like, I don't know, it had it kept some kind of lightning in the bottle. It I was really, because so. people didn't see him as an action star before, especially at, at that stage of his career when he's probably in his, like, 50s. Yeah. But, um, and then a couple more notable ones for me on here. Um, 2012, he did one called The Grey. Oh, I remember, the wolf one. Yeah, where the plane crashes and yeah. they have to survive, and yeah, that was a really good one. Um, he was in, you know, he's in the Lego Movie where he yes. was. Yes. Oh my gosh. Good cop, bad cop. He yes, was, <laughs> he was. That's my favorite role of his by far. He's so yeah. good in that. And one of my other small comedic roles I love him in. He had a small cameo role in in Ted Two. 
Oh, yeah, the, did he? Toe to toe, Brady. Yeah, you remember like you remember, you remember, I probably shouldn't have seen him before YouTube. The scene where it's remember where um, Ted is working at the supermarket and Lee Wieson shows up. He's, yes. he's got the box of tricks. Yes. <laughs> I love that whole scene. <laughs> anyway, and also he, he's done some small um, video game voice acting roles over the years. From probably you might remember him. He was the father in Fallout Three. Yes, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So. It's not a super did, big role, but no, he's here I'm just saying, yeah, he's done a couple of Star Wars video game roles. But again, sort of probably tie-ins for the yeah. movie back in the '90s. But in the '90s, um, I thought it was interesting though to look at his. I also looked at how his salary jumped up once the take <laughs> once the Taken movies like oh. took off. So, like for example, like you know, in, in Star Wars Episode One. So again, this is 1999 for scale, but he made two and a half million for his role in Star Wars, okay. which is probably less than Hugh McGregor or some other people made. Yeah. But you know, um, and then for Batman Begins, he only made two million. Jeez. Um, and I'll show, show Taken, which is 2008. He made yeah. five million. Okay. And then Taken Two. I, I don't have the years. They were they were all two to three years apart. Yeah. These movies. So if Taken was five million, Taken Two he made fifteen million. Wow. And Taken Three he made twenty million. Smokey smokes. So that was just sort of like his cash the cow. The worse right? they are, the yeah. more he makes. Right. He, he, if he shows up for an easy, you know, hour and a half hour, they're not long movies. Like mm. quick action movie. And we're, to be honest, the problem with Taken Two and Three is that they're edited so poorly that even though yeah. I believe Liam is doing a lot of the fight scenes himself, you can't really tell because of how badly. You you know, I've shown you that infamous scene from Taken Three where he's climbing that fence. And oh there's my, like 20 there's so cuts. many cuts. Yeah. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> it's it's bad. But um, he has a, he also has a, going back to like his trivia stuff for a second, he has a, a weird, I wouldn't call it a common habit, but he a does, tick? he does, well, no, no, I was just going to say like he, as a, as a, from an actor's perspective, he, he dies in a lot of his movies. He sort of oh, has does that. does he really? Yeah. Well, this he, is like Brad Pitt's eating, but he dies. Yeah. I guess I won't mention which movies because that would be spoilers for you guys, but let's just say I have a list of at least five different movies here that he's died in. That's huh. only that's only over the last twenty years, so it's not taken because there's two more. Yeah, it's definitely so. not the taken movies. Yeah, uh, well, maybe taken three. You don't know, uh-huh. but um, yeah. Anyways, uh, briefly, just again, like why I like him. I mean, uh, so characteristically, I think he's just well, like we already mentioned. He's 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 got a strong presence. He's got a strong delivery. His voice is just very deep and like gravelly, recognizable. Yeah, his voice is so recognizable. But I don't know. He's he's strong in anything I've seen him, and even in some movies that are like. I wouldn't call he doesn't do like the direct to DVD or direct to Netflix stuff like you know putting out that crap like Bruce Willis does but um he does some movies that are a little more like you know you can tell low budget like he kind of just shows up probably you know can just easily hammer out these scenes in a day or two and, and mm. collect his paycheck and move on that's fine I mean he's had a great career already he's he's I don't think he, it's hard to say I don't know if he's at the point of his career where he might have one more like Oscar performance in him if he does like a, you know an award-winning drama yeah but that's fine he, he doesn't care about that stuff so um no, I don't know. I, I just I think he's a really cool. Just a really. I, I've seen even seeing him in interviews and stuff. He seems like a pretty genuine guy. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the whole backstory of his wife was, yeah. was kind of tragic. Um, but yeah, like he's he's always been really good when you can see him in like on talk shows. You know, whether it's like a Jimmy Fallon thing or a, a, what do you call it? Um, what other ones are there? SNL. No, I don't think he's ever been on SNL. Mm-hmm. I think of I'm trying to think of other talk shows that he would be on, uh, you know, like Jimmy Kimmel or yeah. even the British ones. Conan? Was that Graham Norton or whatever? You know, like the. Oh yeah. yeah he's yeah, probably yeah. been on Conan before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there any movie besides one? I, once I mentioned, you could think of that he was in that you liked or something. No, you re- you reminded me of a lot of them mm-hmm. that he's in. Like I totally for the Lego Movie, but he. Yeah. Had, um, and uh, I always mention him as the follow dad, best dad, and uh, forgot about that until you mentioned it again. So. But he's awesome. Like he just seems like a down to earth guy that had a rough life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't really know. I don't. I don't. Uh, like I said, compared compared to some other actors we talked about on here, he probably doesn't have the largest 
or most diverse filmography, right. but I think a lot of the stuff he's done over the last twenty to he's thirty years. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, he's had a good career. Yeah. And I don't think he's done yet. I think he's still still act probably for another ten years or so. But um, his last few things have been a little subpar. For yeah, his he's starting to show his age a bit now too, which is fine. I mean, you know, everybody's entitled to age. He's, he's, <laughs> not, he's not one of those guys that's going to go like you know the plastic surgery treatment. I don't think. Well, or so, he's not Denzel Washington that can go on forever. Right. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, he's one of those actors. Like, if he shows up in something, I'm always going to assume either he's giving a good performance mm. or the movie's half decent. Like, he doesn't yeah. usually star in all the garbage. No, no, no. It's stuff that'll be like, you know, just below a, between an A and a B movie. You know right. what I mean? Like, but yeah, it's usually something you just put, put on. There, there's to be honest, there's a lot of his stuff that's on Netflix right now. That's just sort of like, it, like background noise entertainment. Okay. <laughs> um, but any of the movies I mentioned before that you can watch, definitely some of his better performances. You know, Batman Begins, Schindler's List, um, mm-hmm. even ones like like Rob Roy. There's a movie in the '90s called Rob Roy that was really good. Um, yeah, but um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. He's done like so many movies in the last five or six years that are just sort of like that generic, where he's either like an ex-cop or. Uh, that's sort of his thing. He's either an ex-cop or a private detective or something. I'll just off the top of my head, I'm thinking of movies like you don't know, but these are like titles I can think of. Like there's one called Run All Night. There's one called um, Walk Among the Tombstones. There's one called The one. Commuter, Nonstop, Unknown. Um, oh, what's that one that just came out recently? Honest Thief. Um, there's actually one that just went on the Cineplex store recently called The Marksman. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I mean, all very sort of generic yeah. titles, but he's good in the movies. You know, he's 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 settled into that niche. You know, right. so. But I don't know. I like him. I think he's, and like I said, I, I now I, in my head I have like this fan fiction thing of like, what if he was James Bond? <laughs> I know, that's right? I, we'll never know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's all I got to say about him. So, do you want to give the email shout out? So, if we missed any Liam Neeson movies, or you want to tell us about your favorites of his, you can let us know at whenoppositesreact at gmail dot com. All right. Uh, I think next week. We've been doing movies for a while now. Not that I obviously have a problem talking about movies, but maybe you guys get a little bored hearing about it all the time. So maybe next week I'll try and do a sports and video game theme. I'll think of something. You will. Yeah, I know. I will. I'll come <laughs> with ideas and you just... And you have plans to watch more movies. You title them. I do title <laughs> you, them. You can, if, in case you guys didn't know, she comes up with all the clever titles for the podcast. I, I'm not creative enough to come oh, up with Oh, I stuff. think they're clever. <laughs> they are. Uh, I usually laugh at most of them. Um, a couple times I'm, like, couple, couple times I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, what are you I know, then I have to like yeah. explain my inner uh, workings I'm just going to hope our, I hope our audience is on the same level as you. That's all. So. I don't know. It's pretty special in my brain. <laughs> but uh, anyways, as always, you know, we appreciate your support. We'd love to hear from you if you want to email us. Um, even if it's not about a Liam Neeson thing, just send us an email yeah. about anything you want, want us to give a shout out to, or, or any, if you want or, Tyler, give Tyler a topic. Yeah, I was gonna say honestly, I, I mean, I know we're only seventy-one episodes into this now. I think by the time we get to episode one hundred, I'm gonna start running out of ideas here. I'm really gonna be, <laughs> I don't want to like double up on ideas. So if you have anything that I haven't mentioned yet or you think would be a cool idea, definitely give me an email and I'll, I'll factor that into the next show. Or yeah, show. What do we call this thing? Next it's a show. It's ep- a podcast. Episode? episode. I don't know. Sure, sure. episode. Sure thing. Not a show. I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, anyways, thanks guys for listening. As always, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you again same time next week. Boys. Bye.